Welcome to the Switch RPG Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Just Johnny, and I am not joined by Geo. Geo is currently embarked on a side quest, and until he returns, this podcast will be a solo adventure. If this is your first time listening, this is the show from SwitchRPG.com, where we bring you all the latest in the world of RPGs on the Nintendo Switch. This week, we are talking about the Nintendo Indie World Showcase, which was last week and much more but first what have i been playing well uh i finished bioshock infinite finally finished it the game just gets really really crazy i i mentioned it before i do not like the quantum physics type stuff it doesn't make for easy to follow narrative design so things were very complicated at the end. Not super complicated. I got the gist of it, but I had to watch a video of someone else's perspective on how that ending actually plays out in order for me to reconfirm that the ending I got was indeed what I thought it was, and it wasn't all that impressive. Uh, other than that, the game is great. The gunplay and, and the shooting and the little arenas that you are in a little disappointing that it's really just uh, you're in a fairly big arena-based environment and you're shooting all the dudes within there and then you're done and then you move on through uh, with a little bit of puzzly stuff, very, very limited puzzly stuff, mostly exploration-based stuff, uh, and then you move on to the next little beats and whatnot. So overall, uh, I love the world and its design, and it's unfortunate that they leaned more towards the quantum physics stuff to the detriment of the world immersion and the storyline. So those were the things I had uh, at Pulse Clip. Overall, just a solid, solid game. I definitely like it more than Bioshock, the original. Uh, and it's just behind System Shock 2, which is absolutely fabulous. Uh, I've been playing more Darkest Dungeon. I am really, I think I actually will try to get, beat the Darkest Dungeon the fourth time through to officially beat the game, so hopefully I can do that. Uh, played a little bit of Ion Fury, it's a first-person shooter, it's, uh, it's available on Switch and pretty much other platforms, almost all the other platforms. Uh, it's very fast-paced, it's like a Duke Nukem way back in the 90s day style game. It's actually really good. Uh, a little clunky on the controls and, and sort of the feel of things, but for the most part, pretty solid. Uh, very fast-paced, extremely fast-paced shooter. The level design is actually quite spectacular. A little confusing, but spectacular. Uh, it's just nice that they have uh, such large levels that you're able to explore around in a first person. Kind of reminds me of Perfect Dark a little bit. Now, Perfect Dark wasn't as like crazy running gun shoot and use big giant weapons and there's gore and stuff like that. It wasn't wasn't so much about that. Those those way more stealth elements, but uh, it kind of the level design kind of a little bit remind me of Perfect Dark. 
Uh, what else have I been playing? Tooth and Tail. Now, that game is supposed to, last I heard, supposed to come to the Switch. And if it ever does come to the Switch, I'm getting it. Absolutely, day one. I've been playing it on, on the uh, PCs. It's a real-time strategy game, but they it's very simple. They call it Popcorn RTS or something like that. I forgot what the devs call it, but it's something along those lines. Like They want it to be like really easy, pick up and play. Uh, great world. Really, you're playing a bunch of like animals, and you're killing each other by, uh, let's see, there's uh, lizards that like throw, I think they throw javelins, like little tiny lizard things. I guess they're iguanas. I'm not quite sure what they are. They're little. And they're, they're kind of like, I don't know, they're like gremlins or something like that. There's so many of them. There's uh, mice with guns. I think they're, they are mice. Mice or rats. Uh, you're the, war, the leader I like playing as because there's four different factions. The factions don't really mean anything. It's just, it's just your color and your, uh, your theme. But all the, the different units that you can get are all pretty much the same. Uh, there's one that's a rat that's missing an arm, and I, I think she's great. So, you know, troop around. So she has just one arm that holds up the banner, the little war banner that she waves around to signal to your troops uh, to follow. And that's what all the leaders do. They don't do anything. They don't attack anything. They kind of just hold a war banner, and then they shake it, and your units kind of flock around. There's, like, uh, snakes. I think they're vipers that, like, spit. Uh, range projectile venom. There's uh, weird owls that will vomit out periodically. Um, little tiny rodents that will then attack your enemies. Uh, weird, weird stuff. There's like frogs that have a stick of dynamite strapped to their back so they kind of like hop over to the enemy and then explode themselves. So they're like suicide frog bombers. Thing. So, very cool game. Uh, I'm definitely waiting for it to uh, to make it over to the Switch at some point. I've also been playing StarCraft 2. Speaking of RTSs, I made it to Platinum League for whatever that's worth. Uh, it's just such a good game, but man, does that get the heart racing. Uh, back to the Switch, I finally, it was on sale. I think it was like four bucks or three bucks or something like that very very cheap transistor and unfortunately i am a little disappointed by it this is coming from a company that made uh pyre which i absolutely love bastion which is okay transistor which i'm playing through now and it's they got a lot of cool things going in there and the art style is really cool and the the narrative is i don't know it's good and it's bad uh i think the biggest issue with the game though is that its explanation of the combat is pretty much not there <laughs> they kind of rely on you to figure things out and i absolutely did not like that because i didn't know how it wanted me to play because it has a real-time combat system and you can pause your real-time combat system to do this chaining, the sequencing of attacks and movement based on this sort of time budget that you have. And then you sort of plan that out. And then you can 
hit the trigger, I think it's the right trigger, to execute on all of the queued up tasks that you sort of issued in order. And your character will do that. And the enemies will, some of them will slowly move, some of them will move as normal throughout that. And it's, it's just weird. I don't know if I should be using that more often or if I should have been just, what I've pretty much been doing is just kind of not using that as much and only using it when needed. So it's really the combat that I don't care too much for. And the game is pretty shallow. It's combat and exploration, and the exploration really isn't much. The exploration is really to get to the next room or next area where there's going to be more combat. And in between there, there'll be very, very limited dialogue, like very limited dialogue segments. And then there's boss fights, so it's, which is pretty much more combat. So those are like the... it. It's, as I said, it, it's a bit more shallow, and I was expecting... I was expecting a, a more robust game, I guess, to a certain degree. So, a little disappointed on that. I've been playing Luigi's Mansion 3. I am now on the 8th floor, I believe. So, I'm about halfway through the game. Just trooping along. That is a very good quality game. It's not, like, exceptional. I'm not having an absolute blast with it. But it is such a good game. It, it's just a very good, solid, quality experience. What else? Uh, oh, and the last game I've been playing is, uh, and it's it was, I don't know if it still is, but it was on sale again. I think it was like 60% off, Moonlighter. And that is an interesting game. Kind of an, uh, definitely a unique experience because it's all about farming materials at roguelike dungeons that are kind of laid out Zelda 1 style. They're not overly complex. There's no real puzzle element to these dungeons. It's really just you, the next room, fight more stuff, go into another room and fight more stuff. Uh, there is a risk-reward system in there where you can use your pendant, I believe, in order to sort of uh, town portal your way back home, uh, back to safety, and keep all the loot that you have on you. Uh, otherwise, if you die, you drop all the loot that's in your backpack, and that's pretty devastating. The reason why you want all this loot is you have a shop during the daytime, and you can open up your shop, and random people, and I guess adventurers or whatever, they will come into your shop and buy whatever it is that you want to sell them. So you put stuff up on the table, and you charge whatever price you think is reasonable, and you can watch the uh, the NPCs go in and out and see the their facial expression emote whatever and uh, based on that you can determine whether you're hitting the the right kind of price uh, eventually but once you figure out you have a notebook and it keeps track of the facial emote expressions to the prices that items were set at so it it's Pretty, you can very, very quickly hone in on a somewhat ideal price range for stuff. So, and then that's that's kind of like a, the mix-repeat cycle of there. I don't think there's any experience in there. Your character progression is instead tied to your gear. So you can buy and craft different weapons and armor and enhancements. And you can also get uh, potions that you can also grab. So uh, it is 
shallow, but it's not transistor shallow. There, there's at least uh, more interesting things going on and a more interesting metagame going on. And it has that sort of two different style uh, gameplay styles of, hey, you're a merchant selling stuff, running a shop, and then, hey, you're a dungeon-delving roguelike. So uh, both of those are kind of cool. So I'm definitely enjoying that more than uh, Transistor. So a little surprising there, but uh, enjoying Moonlighter. And both of those games are on sale, so that's good. Uh, so without anyone else to sort of co-host with, I'll just move on through the uh, news. And first I'll go through some new game announcements. Uh, there was a couple of uh, interesting things. There was a lot of stuff. I'm going to save the Nintendo Indie stuff for later uh, in the news segment. Uh, this will be like other new games that were announced that weren't part of the Nintendo Indies World uh, Direct thing. So another Wonder Boy, Asha in Monster World, was announced for the Nintendo Switch. Uh, let's see, from IGN, the next entry in the Wonder Boy series stars the titular Asha, a protagonist of 1994's Wonder Boy 4. She is assisted by her flying blue Pepelagoo, a creature also originally from Wonder Boy 4. Okay, it's, it's a weird looking thing. It's like a ball with bird's feet and Sonic the Hedgehog ears. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, and together, the two of them must set off to save the world. What exactly is threatening it? Uh, save the world? What exactly is threatening it? I don't get it. Mm. However, we don't know quite yet. Excitingly, this will be the first game in the history of the series to be fully voiced, and the announcement describing Asha and the other characters as lively and talkative. Interesting. Well, that's a new game. Could be good. Uh, the they they're certainly well animated and good looking games. They're platformers and they kind of have like a Metroidvania esque element to it. Um, so it's and the other ones also scored fairly well, if not great. So. It's probably going to be another great sort of uh, entry. And I hope everyone remembers Oceanhorn because Oceanhorn 2 Knights of the Lost Realm has been announced uh, coming to Switch. Is there a date? Let's see. Uh, it's going to first launch on Apple Arcade sometime in uh, September. When do we have a Switch date? Switch date. Switchy, we have a little trailer. Ooh, ooh. Let me cut that audio. Fall. All right. So it's just fall of uh, of this year. So sometime, maybe September, maybe October, uh, maybe November, uh, and maybe December. But so it'll come out sometime this year, and it's actually not too far away. Uh, if you don't remember, the Oceanhorn game is kind of like a Zelda-style clone. Now, this iteration seems even more impressive. You got... It looks like you have full free roam over the camera. Let me see here. Yeah, full free roam of, over the camera. Um, or free control. Uh, full control. Free control? Full control? Whatever. Uh, of the camera system, it's got 
chest. It's got an action-based combat system. I can't remember if the first Oceanhorn had uh, a full had full control over the camera, or if it was the more like Link to the Past style, uh, top-down, uh, isometric-ish view. Can't remember, but uh, it looks, at the very least, it looks like a major leap up. Like they are actually tryharding for this instead of cloning. And even even still, all right, their first iteration, like kudos to them. They did something, they went a little bit on the simpler side. And now with the riding on the success of the first one, they're working on the second one and it looks impressive. Uh, they, they have some key features here. Uh, it's an epic RPG main quest spanning 20 plus hours of gameplay. So 20 hours for an RPG, I think, is ideal. I think that'd be a great time frame for an RPG. Let's try to make them shorter instead of longer. My 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 request. I know many people wouldn't like that. What else we got here? Uh, massive boss fights to test your reflexes in combat. Maybe it'll be challenging. Dozens of side quests. Incredible uh, grant. Incredible rewards. Clever puzzles to solve mysterious dungeons uh, to solve and mysterious dungeons to explore. There should be a comma there. Beautiful. Handcrafted graphics paint a world of legends and intrigue. And I can tell you, the trailer is up for view. You can plug in uh, Oceanhorn 2 trailer. You should be able to find it. And it indeed does look good. It says here, Majestic 60 frames per second on all high-end devices. Which is odd. I think the Switch is going to be the high-end device for this because this is an Apple game, an Apple arcade game. So it's probably going to be uh, maybe iPad as well. So probably for phones, this will be like a 30 frame per second experience. But for Switch and maybe the iPad Pro whatevers, it'll be uh, 60 frames per second. I, I can only guess that 60 frames per second is going to be imminent, imminent for this. Uh, this is one to look out for. It it actually looks impressive. The animations to the combat actually look good. Uh, it's got some nice particles in there, nice lighting. It's dynamic shadows. I mean, this is this is actually really impressive. So pay attention to that one. That's uh, the Oceanhorn 2 Knights of the Lost Realm. Looking forward to that one. Once again, I'll still wait for the uh, reviews to come out before I deep dive into any game, unless it's like Castlevania. Then I'll buy it day one. All right, uh, next up is Yomi. So this is another new game announcement uh, for Japan called Yomi Wo Sakuhana. It got announced for PS4 and Switch. There's uh, a couple of trailers out that's available to watch. This is, uh, what do we have here? Let me see if I can dig up some stuff. You're going to be battling monsters. Uh, illegal means? What is going on here? It says dystopian dungeon RPG. So that's how they're phrasing it. Let's take a look at this trailer. They got some nice looking menus. It's in Japanese, so I don't know what's going on. Okay, so the dungeon exploration is kind of like the old-school uh, grid-based movement first-person viewpoint, 
where you move up one tile at a time and when you rotate or turn you're going to turn a full 90 degrees uh, so it is in 3d sort of but you're moving in a very 2d linear fashion you don't have like exact control over your motion uh, quite a few party members uh, what do we have here one two six party members you got enemies that are going to be standing in front of you kind of like uh, dragon warrior style games or games of this nature um, visually it looks pretty impressive it's it looks like it's all sprites um, based graphics but the environments some of them look hand-drawn some of them are in 3d but kind of like if I had to summarize it it kind of looks like PlayStation 3d but better higher resolution but kind of like PlayStation as if PlayStation could do the original PlayStation could do HD uh, HD resolution but not update with high-resolution textures. It kind of looks like that. The sprites, though, do look good. So, I don't know. It could be one to pay attention to. It comes out uh, physically and digitally on October 15th. Uh, let's see here. It already released on Xbox One back in June. That's weird. Why would they do that? That's Japan. Whatever. Xbox got an exclusive for, for a few months. Uh, but it looks interesting. Um, I'm kind of a sucker for old-school dun dungeon delvers exploration-style games. So, you know, could be good. As long as it gets uh, localized, so I know what this uh, Japanese stuff uh, is, I'll be able to... Uh, wait for more reviews and potentially play it potentially another new rpg that was announced this one is weird uh the title here is surreal and yeah it's very surreal uh the game is called she dreams elsewhere and it's going to come out sometime early 2021 so it's i don't know if i had to guess First half of next year. So it's about a year's away, maybe less. Who knows? And it is visually, it is out there. It has very, uh, I, don't know, I don't think monochromatic is the right term for it, but there is the colors is basically black, white. Um, we got cyan magenta there is gradients to it is there even any green so it's cyan magenta and black and white is that it just those four colors interesting uh red i see the red red kind of falls a little bit into the magenta land so it's like offshoots of cyan and some offshoots of magenta I don't see any yellow could be yellow did I miss the yellow all right it's a uh, YMCK cyan M magenta Y was yellow K 
K. What was K? I forgot what K was. It's weird, though. The combat system, let's see if it jumps into it. So you doesn't have random battles. You can run into enemies, or at least what they show, you can run into enemies. Oh, no, don't do that. Go away. What else we got here? There are NPCs. There's towns. There are uh, teddy bears or people inside of teddy bears. It's very dreamy. Uh, definitely like NES style uh, graphics for the exploration, but it it's like a weird mixture because some of these sprites are it's very 2d it's all 2d some of these sprites are clearly not are higher resolution than what the nes would ever be capable of of supporting uh you got looks up to three party members i don't know if it's going to go higher than that you got some stats what do we have here hp sp and lp lp meter is full sp meter looks like it's building up it's probably going to be a turn-based combat system. What else we got here? We got some saves, some weird... It's weird. She dreams elsewhere. This is a weird-looking game. If I had to compare it, I would say it's inspired by... Um, Earthbound. But the indie game that was, that was inspired by Earthbound. It's inspired by that game. It's weird. Could be interesting. It has some uh, promise here. So something to uh, be aware of. So that got announced. What else we have lined up over here? Let's see. Oh, that is it for the new game announcements. So let's dive into some quickie, quickie, newsy type stuff. First up is Final Fantasy Crisp. Crystal Chronicles Remastered Edition will have 13 post-game dungeons and playable character DLC. Whoop-de-doo. Uh, another little uh, Final Fantasy tidbit is that it's region-locked for the multiplayer. Uh, and as you know, it has to be online multiplayer. Um, just region-locked is just weird. I don't know why it does that. Not that it's a big deal. I mean, very few people are actually going to benefit from... Uh, or, or be disadvantaged by the region locking. But as I said, and as Geo has said as well, like this is not a great Final Fantasy game. So I still recommend avoiding it unless you absolutely really want to play it. And if you really want to play it, make sure you have friends. Make sure they also get the game in order to play it, right? It's... It's just quite an expensive endeavor to play this game, and it's not even that great. So there's a demo. Try the demo. If you like it, then go ahead and get it. And that game is actually coming out real soon. If I had to guess, when the reviews come out, it's going to get probably right around the low sevens, if I had to guess, for an average review score. If I had to review it, I would put it in the low sevens based on the GameCube one from way back, way back when. So uh, you guys remember Sports Story? That got delayed. 
Doesn't that suck? If you're wondering what Sports Story is, Sports Story is the sequel to Golf Story, where you're doing way more than just golf. And if you're wondering, hey, isn't a Switch RPG? What's a Sports Story game doing in an RPG podcast? Well, if you didn't know, Golf Story was actually quite a fun golfing RPG. And yes, RPG. And Sports Story is seemingly going to be sort of uh, the same thing, but with more different types of sports being involved and still very much an RPG experience. They kind of wanted to release right around now, it seems like, but they had to delay it. Yeah, I believe it was actually supposed to come out this month. Uh, delay, delay, delay. What time is the delay? Did they embed it? Oh, they did. They embedded it within the dialogue of the trailer. Oh man, do I have, do I really have to look through all of these? Uh, all right. Well, it's not coming out. It's delayed. They didn't give a. I'm gonna say they didn't give a date because I didn't see a date. So it's delayed for who knows how long. That's unfortunate. What else we got here? Another little quick thing. There's a patch that is out now on PC for Dead Cells. And what comes to PC first will almost certainly come to the other consoles, including the Switch. And that's going to be coming out. So the patch is called Barrels of Fun, or Barrels of Fun. It's, I believe it's going to be a free one, right? This better be free. Well, I don't know if it's going to be a free update, but it's probably going to be a free update. Probably. I'm just saying probably. If it isn't, uh, I apologize if it isn't going to be a free update. But it's going to have a whole bunch of stuff. New biome, which is uh, kind of like an, an entire level, is a biome. So that's going to be at least one new potential... What would you call that? Like a dungeon? It's not a dungeon. It's like a stage, I guess? A level? A stage or a level? Yeah. Well, a new biome that can get thrown into the procedural generation. There are going to be some new enemies, weapons, soundtrack, explosive barrels, and breakable walls. Didn't it already have breakable walls? So there's going to be more breakable walls? Explosive barrels and breakable walls. Great. Well, that's coming out. And Dead Cells, as you know, is an awesome game. So that's just a very awesome roguelike action, heavy action-based roguelike. Uh, there's other DLC-esque stuff that's coming out. This one is premium. It's for Children of Morta. Morta. Uh, what do they call this? They call this oh, charity DLC. Paws and Claws. Okay, the DLC is called Paws and Claws. I want to say charity. They've partnered with the Humane Society International to release download DLC called Paws and Claws. It's going to cost a whopping $4, which is not much, but the game itself I think is only like 20 bucks. So I don't, I don't know how big this DLC is going to be. Uh, all 
Oh, wow. All of the proceeds for the purchase of downloadable content will go to the Humane Society International Charity. So that's why it's called the uh, Charity DLC. So they're actually not keeping any of it. That's nice of them. What do they have coming in here? Some of the features. Animal shelter system. A herd of varied animals will visit the, the house. You'll get some deer, fox, birds, and more. A new mechanic. You can use treats to feed animals and look after them. Ooh. New special animal-related boosts. So I guess if you take care of the animals well, you'll get experience gains, movement speed increases, and more for your Bergen, Bergen, Bergson, Bergson's families. New home interactive in events. More than 100 new animations, big and small, showing you the life of your new animal friends. So this is like, it's all about the animals with this, uh, with this DLC. I guess that probably ties into the charity itself, probably being heavily um, animal-based charity of some sort. Interesting. Uh, what do they have here? In addition to the DLC... They have also released a free update which contains the following. Six new Divine Graces, eight new consumables, 12 new Divine Relics. Okay, so more, more itemization that you can get when you're uh, dungeon delving. So that's, that's always nice and useful. So they got that. Children Mortar is a great game, so it looks like they're rolling out free DLC and paid DLC, but you you can at the very least feel a little bit better because that money is going to a charity. I don't, me personally, I don't mind if the money just goes directly to the developers. In fact, you know, if I wanted to donate to a charity, I would do that specifically, and I would pick the charity of that I would want. Um, and if I wanted to give money to a developer, I, I would definitely give money to a developer specifically. So... I would like to be more direct with my uh, contributions, but you know what? Kudos to that. Kudos. What else we got here for some stuff? There is a new trailer for Windbound. Windbound is looking quite good. I don't know... Whoa, wait, what? No way. All right, so I'm reading here that it might come out on the 28th of this month, which is in, well, it's pretty much the end of this week for Windbound. The trailer doesn't really show much of gameplay initially. It's mostly story-based type of stuff, shown in like a side-scrolly mural element. They're showing more of, towards the end, they show more of the combat, but they're doing a lot of cuts there is a problem, uh, Gio and I talked about this, I, I believe, the last episode. The problem I have is that the combat didn't look all that great, and the fact that they are cutting, so they show your character striking, doing the strikes to an enemy, and then there's a cut at the moment the strike lands, and it switches to some other segment of combat. So I don't know if the combat's actually going to be all that great. I'm, I'm skeptical of the combat. At the, at the very least. It's probably not going to be the best playing 
combat game. Hopefully they improve it, though. I mean, who knows? Because the video that Gio and I saw was from a, from a while ago, probably maybe like a month ago, and who knows how old that build was as compared to the final version of the game. So maybe they've improved it. I wouldn't hold your breath. So we'll see. But at the very least, it could be real good. Could be real good. That's another game where I just have to see the reviews and see how they come out. And if it scores real good, I'll probably think real hard about picking it up. The RPG that I am instantly a fan of and waiting for, uh, and I don't really wait for RPGs all that much, especially if they are Kickstarter-based RPGs, and that's what I meant to say, of course I wait for RPGs. But Kickstarter-based RPGs. And what I meant to say was wait for Kickstarter games. Because we all know how those turn out. It's kind of a dice roll, and I'm not a fan of dice rolling. But Euden uh, Chronicle? 100 Heroes? Whatever you want to call it. There's even more uh, video, gameplay-esque video stuff that you can watch with that. And, oh man. Does it look good? The uh, particle effects going on looks very spiffy. The animations are looking real good. It's showing the characters battling a little group of enemies on like this weird land bridge uh, inside of a chasm kind of thing. We've seen screenshots of it, but now they show the actual video segment playing out. It looks good. It looks real good. It looks nice, smooth, flashy, 2D sprites, 3D world. Seemingly, let me go back to that. What was that 3D? That's 3D, yeah. So it's 2D characters moving about a 3D world, and yeah, it's and it's very good quality sprites. So it's it's looking real good, or at least that 30 second clip looked real good. So very excited for that. Hopefully that shapes out to be uh, continues to shape out to be real good, and doesn't take forever to come out. Uh, so, there's some more details of Sakuna of Rice and Ruin. Uh, there's a bunch of different gameplay segments that you can watch that is kind of going deep diving into the combat of the game, the various different attacks that you can do, and also kind of like the different environments and what the different environments have to offer. Uh, there's like a lava environment that will create like pillars of lava, like wall, lava walls that you can knock the enemy into and they can take damage from. So that that's all interesting stuff. The game looks good. Doesn't look amazing, but it certainly looks good. I like the the damage numbers. I don't like how big they are, but I like the font. They did good quality font there. It it's just it's really striking. Definitely digging it. Action-based, side-scroll, uh, combat system. Looking good. Looking forward to that one. I'll wait for the reviews, though. There's a game that is playable right now. We talked about it. It's not quite in the RPG realm of things, but uh, the game is called Gleam Light. Gio and I uh, talked about it a few months ago, and it has that stained glass aesthetic. Uh, to the art style, it reminded us of um, 
bug bug what's that bug game that that metroidvania bug game oh man i forgot what it's called bug story not bug story that bug game it's and it's really good ah oh, i can't believe it. bug night that's gonna bother me i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to is it bug night no that's a pokemon hollow knight i was close <laughs> Hollow Knight. So it reminded us of Hollow Knight. Unfortunately, the reviews are coming out for that, and it's not looking good. And by reviews, you kind of have to dig into stuff because the the best source of reviews that I could find is unfortunately on Steam. There isn't much in the way of uh, Open Critic or or Metacritic style reviews for it but right now the user reviews for the game is at 25 percent on steam that is appallingly low that's bad that's super super bad so there is an issue with this game maybe it's a technical issue let me see if i can take a look at some of these uh Let's see, one user, there's no real reason to spend money on Gleamlight when even the most mediocre platformers on Steam offer better content for a fraction of the price. It's clunky, poorly designed, and generally a slog to play through. Okay, those are things that you cannot easily correct when it comes to game development. So, yeah, unfortunately, you might want to stay away from this game. Or, or buyer beware. Buyer beware. If you want to buy the game, go for it. But I'm warning you, it's uh, it's not getting good uh, user reviews and reviews uh, altogether. So that's unfortunate. There's another... Uh, what do we have here? There's a trailer. Now, we talked about this game, Geonai, yet again, uh, a few months ago. But there's a new trailer for it. It's uh, The game is called Fallen Legion Revenants. And there's a new trailer for it, and it shows some more character-y type stuff. Uh, it goes over some other details. I'm not a fan of the art style, but the game could be good. The, the combat system looks interesting. Uh, it looks like a fast-paced, turn-based combat system, if that ever makes sense. Fast-paced, turn-based. Mm. It's the fastest turns you'll ever take. <laughs> uh... But yeah, could be interesting. So check out the trailer for yourself. And if the art style doesn't bother you and the animations don't bother you, then it could be good. Definitely wait for the reviews. If it reviews well, as I always say, I'll definitely check it out. All right, so that's that's sort of like the quick newsy type stuff. I'm going to go into like weird rumor land type stuff. So, you know, put your tinfoil hat on. We're going to go into rumor land. So first up in rumor land is that um, there is a report from Economic Daily News uh, where their sources cite a new switch model for early next year, according to people in the supply chain. So the new... The new, uh, it, I don't know why I'm doing this, it doesn't even have quotes on it. The new Nintendo Switch will begin production later this year and be released early next year. Macronix, one of the official Nintendo provider 
for game carts is expecting record sales next year. Alright, that doesn't indicate one thing or another. Here's another thing from Macronix. Macronix will be supplying parts to Nintendo for this new model with better image quality and interactivity. Better image quality. So, to me, that's better resolution. So, uh, and it's image quality for hardware is the screen. Interactivity is an interesting one. Better interactivity? That is weird. Why would Nintendo add some new interactive feature to the Switch? Hopefully it's better Joy-Cons. <laughs> better, better Joy-Con sticks. That would be great. Uh, better... Is it better interactivity? Better. Okay, so better inter interactivity doesn't necessarily mean new. So better in interactivity could very well be the better Joy-Con sticks. Uh, it could be better um, motion sensing capabilities, tilting and stuff like that. It could also be better HD rumble. And it could be better IR. So those are all the things, the interactive things. Touch. Oh, touch could be a thing. The touch screen. That could be a very big thing, especially if they're already playing around with a better image quality display. So better interactivity means, well, obviously if your screen has a higher resolution, that means the touch controls of that screen is going to be, is going to offer better interactivity. So maybe that's what it means. So it's really just a better screen. Hmm. New model though. So who knows? Maybe it's maybe it's going to be a new switch which will have a better horsepower. Better horsepower, you know, higher resolution, maybe keep a, a less less instances of lower dynamic resolution scaling. Or higher frame rates, higher sustainable frame rates. I do not want 4K. I mean, if it could happen, I'm all for it. But, and happen not on, I'm not expecting 4K for a handheld. Uh, but I would love 60 frames per second, 1080. I would just love it. Absolutely love it. You know, give me 60 frames per second over 4K any day of the week. Give me that. Give me, give me, give me. It would be so delicious. So delicious. Alright, so that's one rumor. Uh, there's another rumor, and this one's probably going to be pretty true. You've probably already heard of it already, but uh, there's a Amazon UK listing for The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword for the Switch. Well... That would be one thing that would benefit great... One game that would benefit greatly from better interactivity of this newer model switch. So maybe the two are connected in some way? Who knows? Skyward Sword is actually a really good Zelda game. It is the most linear of the Zelda games, and that's that's not a good thing for a Zelda game. As we all know, Sky, uh, Breath of the Wild is the way we want to play a Zelda game. But, but Skyward Sword, you gotta give it cred. It's got a fantastic story. It's not like amazing. It's not like uh, but for a Zelda game, 
You know, it's one of the better story-based Zelda games, right up there with Ocarina of Time. And I know Ocarina of Time, people don't think that it actually has a really good storyline, but when you actually, like, <laughs> when you play through it for the first time, like, it, and a lot of the things that people take for granted in Zelda storyline stuff, they, they take for granted because they forgot that a lot of those story-based elements were started with Ocarina of Time. Like, it, it started many of those fundamental elements to the Zelda timeline and to the Zelda storyline. And everything else afterwards kind of built from what was established within, within that particular Zelda. So, yeah, I, I give it a lot of cred for, for doing... The story, the heavier storytelling that it was doing, uh, the next heaviest uh, storytelling Zelda game prior to that was, as you know, uh, as we all know, uh, A Link to the Past. And you just compare the the way that the story is told between the two. Link to the Past didn't really bother too much with going into backstory. It did in what the intro to the game when you didn't like push any buttons. It talked about the, the Seven Sages. And what else? I think that's kind of it. Uh, every now and then you talk to those weird, like, Triforce cubes. And that that would mean that you're talking to one of the Sages, and then they would reveal more information. Um, and then there's your uncle, and then every now and then Zelda will talk to you as well. So, actually, that one... That one did have quite a bit of a storyline as well. All right. Anyway, moving on. There's another Zelda rumor-esque type thing. And by the way, that Skyward Sword thing could be very likely. But this other one is more exciting. Way more exciting. Which is there's a French retailer that's listing The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2 Collector's Edition. So that's very exciting because we all, I have the first Breath of the Wild Collector's Edition, and if this one is going to offer some of the awesome spiffy stuff that the first one did, then I'm, I'm on board. Although I already have a carrying case, so I don't know, I, don't, I hope they don't offer the carrying case, although I, I still use that Zelda Breath of the Wild, that, that tablet carrying case. I still use it. It's like my go-to carrying case for the Switch. So that alone was worth the uh, the uh, collector's edition, as well as the um, that uh, statue thing of the sword, the master sword, and the uh, uh, the the stone thing with a flower growing. Yeah, that thing's cool looking. I can see it right now. It's right over there. So that's it for Rumorland. We are now leaving Rumorland. We're, we're going away. And we're now going into the Nintendo Indie World Showcase. I'm not going to cover all the games. There was uh, quite a few games. All good stuff. By the way, Nintendo, we don't want this in replace of... Now, we do want this, but really, like... Where is the main direct? Where is the E3 direct that should have happened? Where is it? We're starving. There's rumors about it happening in September. 
I believe I mentioned that on the last recording or recording before that with Geo, where I mentioned that Nintendo is probably stubbornly just going to skip the entirety of the summer, the entirety of the E3 timeframe, and just announce uh, their next Direct to fall in line with their regular September lineup, their, their September presentation, which the September presentation is the second biggest of the year, I, I would have to guess because they have the january one which is pretty big but typically the september one is even bigger they usually have three main directs there's the january direct the e3 direct and then the uh the september direct those are typically the three big directs that nintendo has uh with a bunch of other smaller directs like indie directs or smash directs or stuff like that so they skipped the E3 one, so that means that they're going to be going with a much bigger uh, direct at um, at September, if the rumors are to be true, are going to be true. A lot of people are hoping that there's going to be a direct in um, this week, but I don't think it's happening. No way. No way. Famous last words. No way. So let's go into the Indie Direct. Indie Direct Land. A bunch of games, a bunch of new games, lots of shadow drops, a few RP, uh, quite a few RPGs, and some of them are I'm super optimistic on. Um, I'm definitely excited for. So uh, here's one game uh, called Inmost. I saw this game trooping around, and I've been paying attention to this game for a while. But it's kind of not an RPG, so I'm just going to mention it. Keep an eye on, eye out on it. Uh, the reviews are trickling in very slowly. It's scoring pretty well. On Steam, it's scoring exceptionally well. Uh, the user ratings are pretty high. So uh, that's out. So that's, that's just out. So maybe it's more platformer-based, but it kind of has like a Dark Souls-y kind of feel to it, even though it's like weird sprite-based characters. Uh, so, anyway, there's that. It's not really an RPG, but I just want to mention it. But now we're in full-blown RPG land with, uh, Takeshi and Hiroshi, which is a $9 game. This is a weird... I don't even know if this is an RPG, but at least in this game that may or may not be an RPG, you're making an RPG for your little brother who's sick and dying or something. So you're making a game for him to play while he's in the hospital or something like that. And the game you're making for him is like this weird, like, non-stop battler. Kind of like uh, Battle Knights. Is it Battle Knights? Knight Battlers? Hmm. I forgot what it's called. Uh, they also have... I don't know if this is actually in the game, but they got Claymation storytelling in here as part of the trailer. And maybe that's in the game, too. And claymation stuff, it actually looks real good. I'm surprised they actually did that because that's hard work. <laughs> that's very hard work to to do claymation uh, animation. Claymation animation. So they did that. And in the game, you're making an RPG for your little brother who's at the hospital. So there's that as well. Uh, so if that ain't RPG related, I don't know what is. I don't know what is. 
But uh, maybe wait for the reviews to, to come out on that before you deep dive in. When is that game coming out? Let's see, November. But that's listed for, oh, the game is already out. What? The game is out on Apple Arcade. When's it coming out for, for realsies? For realsies. No launch date. Really? Oh, it's out now. You can play it now. <laughs> Apologies. Apologies. Another game that was announced was Garden Story. Now, this one comes out sometime next year. There we go. Garden Story looks interesting. It's weird. There's exploration. You gotta foster a community. There's combat stuff. Uh, it's sort of isometric view style combat. And it's real time combat. But it it looks very slow. It, it's slow paced. It's kind of like relaxing real time combat. There you go. The art style kind of looks like Pokemon. If I had to like summarize it, it's like a, a cross between Pokemon and Earthbound had a vegetable. That would be the art style. It it's a it looks like a weird quirky game. So could be good. Could be good. Wait for the reviews on that. Which is early next year. So now we're getting into like the really juicy stuff. Really juicy games. Spiritfarer. This game is is out now. It's out now. You can actually get it. And it is scoring oh so well. Very, very well. I'm gonna I'm on board. I'm gonna be picking up this game. Not only do I really like the art style, I really like the art style. It's doing things very, very differently. And I am also a sucker for management style games. I'm, I'm a big fan of that sort of stuff. So it's got sort of like, and it doesn't look like it's to an extreme degree, but it's got some sort of sim tower, sim city-esque type stuff. And that's kind of cool because you're building up your weird spirit faring ship thing. The animations look absolutely incredible. Really well done artwork, really well done art style and animation work as well. Lots of cool stuff. You're hugging animals and whatnot, which is always cool. There's crafting stuff that's going on here. There You can farm. It's, it's got a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. So, And it's scoring real high, so I, I got to get this game. It's looking real good, real good. Spirit Fair. It's a $30 game. $30 game. But you know what? Uh, that, to me, seems about right. And in fact, they could probably charge a little bit more. They could probably go up to 40 bucks because that art style, that's hard. That's hard to do. It, not, not that it's hard. It requires lots and lots of time. Because not only is it animated, but it's animated and it has shading. Like, they shaded the art and animated that shading. Jeez, they're workaholics. That's what these people are. Can't believe they went through that effort. That is so much effort. 
Wow. They didn't do shading on everything, though. So this, some of the characters that are animated don't have shading. Okay, so they didn't go full crazy, but yeah, they went crazy. It's 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 quite good. Quite a good-looking game. All right, another RPG. That one's... You gotta, you gotta be a little flexible with your RPG terminology regarding Spiritfarer. But uh, a game that... For whatever reason, think peop many people think is more RPG than Spiritfarer. But if you ask me, Spiritfarer, that's an RPG. That is, that's an RPG. It's, it's got the RPG in it. But uh, another game that was announced for Switch, and it's coming out. When's it coming out? When are you coming out? Do you have a date? Give me a date. Give me, give me, give me. All right. Let me see if it's in the trailer. So the game is... Oh, it just says coming soon. Isn't that fun? The game is Torchlight 3. Torchlight 3 is indeed coming to the Switch. And it looks like a Diablo game. Now, I've never played any of the Torchlight games. I am a huge Diablo fan. I love the Diablo stuff. Uh, 3 was a major... Diablo 3 It was a major letdown. Uh... Torchlight always seems like an interesting alternative, but I'm just not that much of a fan of the art style. Not that the art style is bad. It's not bad at all. It's just... It's it's more in the direction that I didn't want Diablo 3 to go, and Diablo 3 went there, and this one's going there even further. So, so that's why I lean more towards Pathfinder than, than Torchlight for Diablo alternatives. But... The gameplay looks solid. It's got great-looking graphics, uh, particle effects. It's fast-paced combat, lots of enemies on screen. It's got multiplayer action RPG type stuff. Uh, you get to collect all the epic loots and gear. The only reason why I'm not excited is, I mean, it looks like it's quality. It's just, it's just I've played these games so many times, so many times. I've played so many of these games, so many of them. It just doesn't look like it's offering anything new. So that's why I'm not super excited for this. It's probably going to be quality stuff, though. It looks like it's quality stuff. That's coming out sometime soon. Torchlight 3. All right. And now for the what I believe is the cream of the crop. The cream to the top. The cream rises to the top. Yes. That. I think this one here... I was hoping it was going to get announced for Switch, and lo and behold, it was the opening segment to the Direct, and that is Hades. Now, this is the game we were talking about the developers, or I was talking about the developers earlier on this recording, right? They made, these developers made Bastion, they made Transistor, they made Pyre, which I absolutely love. And their next game, Super from Supergiant Games, is a roguelike dungeon crawler, Hades. Hades. And it looks like they have cross-save functionality. Oh my goodness, it's coming out this fall. Oh sweet. This fall. Oh, I oh, I am just yes. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. I am all about this. Now, this is another Diablo-style 
action RPG roguelite. So it's got the isometric view. It's uh, the artwork is absolutely beautiful, very similar to Spiritfarer, but uh, more less whimsical. If I had to summarize it, and it's in 3D. It's not not hand drawn. Um, the animations you'll see in in some of the the, the trailer segments will be very similar to Spirit Fair. Uh, but when you're playing the game itself, it looks like what you typically get for art style wise for super giant games. Like this is this is what they do. They this is their their look, their aesthetic, their art style. They do this all the time. Uh, they got way more sort of lights going on here. Uh, and by lights I mean like dynamic lighting of sorts. They use they do a heavy usage of 2D, uh, mostly for like backgrounds, but they have a lot of animation going on here. And then they'll also have 3D characters, but not all the time. Sometimes it'll be 2D, so they they kind of do a fluctuation between 2D and 3D uh, when it comes to the art assets. But this is isometric view, fast action-based combat. Uh, there's going to be loot drops. I'm almost certain of it. What do we have here for key features? Battle out of hell. All right. Unleash the Fury of Olympus. Yep. Uh, come on. Where's the loot? Built for replayability. New surprises await each time you delve into the ever-shifting underworld whose guardian bosses will remember you. What? They remember you? That's interesting. Use the powerful Mirror of Night... To grow permanently stronger and give yourself a leg up on a leg up the next time you run away from home. Okay, nothing is impossible. Permanent upgrades means you don't have to be a god yourself to experience the exciting combat and gripping story. Though, if you happen to be one, crank up the challenge and get ready for some white knuckle action that will put you. That will put your well-practiced skills to the test. So, and one of the other features. These are weird stuff to list for features, but here's another one. Signature Supergiant style. The rich atmospheric presentation and unique melding of gameplay and narrative that's been a core to Supergiant's games is here in full force. Spectacular hand-painted environments and a blood-pumping original score bring the underworld to life. So I already commented about the, the graphics. Uh, I can attest to their atmosphere presentation. That Supergiant signature, yeah, I agree. They, they do a good job on that. Story, though, Supergiant, their signature story narrative stuff hasn't been all that great, except for Pyre. So if this is, if they're handling it, if it's going to be around the realm of pyre quality narrative, I am totally down because that, that was, that was special. That was lightning in a bottle. That was just greatness right there. Um, maybe they don't have like random loot drops. Hmm. Battle out of hell as the immortal prince of the underworld. You'll wield the powers and mythical weapons of Olympus to break free from the clutches of the god of the dead himself, while growing stronger and unraveling more of the story with each unique escape attempt. 
So it's kind of like, uh, it seems like it's, from the sounds of it, from what I'm reading here, it sounds like it's going to be a lot like, uh, what's the game? We are just talking about Children of Morta, where every time you go through another, you know, you, you was it live, die, repeat kind of thing, like fight, die, repeat kind of kind of sequence of things. Every time you go through the, a run through the dungeon, eventually dying, going back to the central location to then repeat the process over again, your more and more story elements will unlock as you go through that cycle over and over again until eventually you become powerful enough where you actually make it out. That's my guess as to how the game is going to play out. I'm excited for it because I'm excited for Supergiant Games. They make great games, and that one is shaping up to be uh, uh, very good, and it's coming out soon, very, very soon. So excited. That was my top pick, by the way, for the, um, for the overall Nint Nintendo Indie World Showcase. So... There's that. I mean, it's there was a lot of good stuff there uh, throughout the entirety of the Indie World Showcase. There was uh, some some interesting games. I love the You Can Play It Now, and some of those games that you can play now are exceptionally good. Exceptionally good. And some of them are not too far away. Uh, I already talked about a bunch of them, so yeah. It's uh, it was overall like a, quite a good solid indie showcase, uh, a showcase of indie games, right? Compared to the last few that Nintendo has done indie wise, this is probably one of the best ones that they have done uh, as sort of like content for quality and caliber of indie games. The the overall package of what they had available, like quite good stuff, solid stuff all around. Um, so that's it, Nintendo, you know, get on the ball, let's, let's, I think all we have now to look forward to, first party-wise, is Pikmin 3, which is a port, I know it's the deluxe edition, and it is, it's got some new stuff, but, uh, we're waiting with bated breath, we need that direct, ever so badly, that big, big direct, please give it to us, alright, moving on. Listener questions? Uh, hmm, there are no listener questions, unfortunately, but there is a solution. You could, yes, you, you listening to me or watching me or listening to yourself watching me, uh, you could submit some comments or questions. You can reach out to us. You can send us an email, podcast at switchrpg.com. Uh, there's so many other ways to reach out to us. We're on Twitter and, and YouTube and Facebook and all those places. Just reach out to us. Send us stuff. You could say that you hate us. We'll respond to it. You won't like how we respond to it, but you could say that. You could say you love us, and we'll respond to that. And you'll love how we respond to that. Trust me. You'll love it. <laughs> all right. But, you know... It would be nice to get some uh, some inquiries. Please send us your inquiries. That would be great. Now, there's been a bunch of games uh, that are going to be coming out this week. So starting on the 25th of August, what do we have here? We have a game called Over the Alps, 
It's a one-player game. It says here adventure role-playing. It's being sold for $12. Now, this looks more adventure than role-playing. And the art style is uh, charming. It, it kind of looks like life. Like the board game Life kind of has that kind of a art style to it. Um, I don't know. Could be good. Seems more onto the uh, the narrative visual novel side of things. So uh, I definitely don't see any instances of, of potential combat uh, side of stuff going on here. So maybe a choose-your-own-adventure not sure where the RPG stuff comes into play. Moving on. Another game called No Straight Roads, also coming out on the 25th. Oh my goodness. They're asking for $40 for this game. This better be great. It's multiplayer. Uh, it's offline multiplayer, so you have to be together. What's this genre? This is weird. Adventure, music, action, role-playing. That's a lot of stuff. The art style, it's 3D models, 3D world. So there's there's 3D stuff, but everything is like neon. Neon colors galore. I have no clue what this is. This is a rhythm game? Where's the role playing? I don't get it. So I guess there's three people. What's, what do we have here? We have... The health bars look like instruments, but let's see, the the reddish girl has a guitar health bar. The green dude, uh, I don't know what musical instrument that's going to be. Maybe vocals? Oh, it's drumsticks. So he's the drummer. She's the guitarist. I only see two here. Where's the three players? Hmm. I don't know. I'm skeptic on this one, especially when they're asking for $40. That's quite high. Wait for the reviews on this one. Check out the reviews, and uh, if it scores well, yeah. No straight roads. That's what it's called. Could be good. Could be. I have no clue. Another game, and uh, Gio and I talked about this. Also coming out on the 25th, and this could be the RPG to get. It's called Moon. This game is weird. It's a port of the PlayStation game. I don't know how enhanced this port is going to be. It seems I don't I don't see much in the way of low resolution stuff. The backgrounds and the environments are all pre-rendered. Uh, type stuff uh, looks like graphics that you'd get from you know PlayStation pre-rendered scenes and some of that stuff can hold up fairly well and then the characters are 2d sprites and as we all know 2d sprites actually scale pretty well when you when you bring it to HD screens so eh, this game gets a lot of praise and they're selling it for a weird number, $19. So $19, seemingly legendary RPG or, or 
a cult classic of sorts. I'm going to wait for the reviews. This seems like something that I should probably pick up and play just because of the, uh, the reputation it has of being such a weird, weird game. My friend, I remember my friend way back when praising this game, but he, he got it, I think he rented it once and fell in love with it and could not find it ever again. He had to return it, and back when renting games was a thing, uh, and couldn't find it, and that was it. Like, he, he never got to, like, play the game again and finish it, and he regrets that because he absolutely loved the game, so... So, yeah. This, 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 is, uh, this might be one of the best ones out this week. Potentially. I have no clue. It's a port of a very old game. Time doesn't, doesn't treat games very well. All right, another game coming out on the 27th of August is Hypnospace Outlaw. It's a $20 game. Uh, what do we have here? Genre, puzzle, simulation, role-playing, indie. Interesting. The graphics are all over the place. They're they're just out there. It looks like you're. It looks like the game is playing. It looks like when you're playing the game, you're playing a '90s PC. Weird, like really, like really early '90s PC. With with a web browser. <laughs> With a very bad, probably like a, what was it called? Was it Netscape web browser? Oh, man. Oof. Uh, it could be a very interesting uh, game. It's weird. It's I don't know how else to describe it. I don't see anything on here that makes it an RPG, but I don't understand what I'm seeing, so... Is it role-playing? I mean, it's, it's definitely immersive. I mean, it looks authentically nine, early 90s PC days. <laughs> Maybe late 80s. I mean, this is like some 256 color screen displays going on over here. Very early internet days going on over here. So it could. I don't know if it's going to be good. I would say this game might actually get reviewed somewhere. It, I'll tell you what, though, if it's on, let me just check the the good old Steamos. What was it called? Out, uh, Hypnospace Outlaw. There it is. Hypnospace Outlaw. Oh my goodness. Wow. Okay. The game is, ha for user review scores, it's crazy high on Steam. It's at 98%. And that's the overall, and the recent is 100% review scores, positive review scores. So just based on that, this game is potentially like the cat's meow. It, it seems really good. The Metacritic score for this game, because it came out on Steam uh, over a year ago. Okay. The Metacritic score for this game is 82. That's really good. I mean that that's that's the low end of great. So this could very well be a game that you might want to check out. It's weird though. You should look at the screenshots and you'll see how weird it is. And if you're down with the weirdness, then maybe uh paying twenty dollars is gonna be uh, perfectly fine. 
Also out this week is Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles Remastered Edition, also on the 27th. I've already mentioned my opinion on this. Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't even call it role. It's barely a role-playing game. I, I can't even remember if your characters have, if you actually have character progression uh, gameplay-wise. I can't even remember if you actually level up or get stronger stat-wise or whatever. I, I don't. I can't even remember if it has that. It's like a, it's a very simple game. It's not that fun. What are they asking for? What's the price? Do they have the price listed here? They have no price listed here. I think it's going to be like 40 bucks, right? It's square. They charge premium for their stuff. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's even 60 bucks. I wouldn't even get this game if it were $20. I would not get it. So, I mean, I can definitely understand if some people wanted to get it for $20. I can definitely understand. If they're selling it for more than $20, I don't know. I don't I definitely don't see that. Definitely don't see that. Also coming out on the 27th. Hero Hours Contract. No prices listed. This is coming out on the 27th. Genre, adventure, role-playing, puzzle. Interesting. It's got a grid. I'm always a fan of grid stuff. It looks gritty. Let's see, is that time management? There might be time management elements to this. Turn one, okay, so you're definitely doing turn handling. So it's turn-based of some sort. Turn-based, grid-based movement. Maybe that's part of the puzzle element to it too, because it, it looks like I'm seeing like one screenshot where it's showing like arrows, indicating that people are gonna be moving in certain certain directions let's see um, friendship powers plus one so I guess you can upgrade your character in some way and by upgrading you can gain friendship powers plus one you know what it the art style fits with what they're going for it looks it looks good. It's got uh, 16 ish bit. I would say like Earthboundy style graphics. Uh, a little bit simpler, less uh, details, but overall it's a pretty solid art style. Could be a good game. Hero Hours Contract. Could be good. Another game. And these are all RPGs, by the way. Or at least they have RPG listed as one of their genres. This one's called Deadly Days. It's selling for $19. It's a single-player game. The genre is action, arcade, role-playing. What do we got going on here? Looks like a top-down shooter with lots of zombie enemies on screen. Is it all zombies? Oh, I should probably be reading the description of this stuff. Yeah, I should probably do that instead of trying to guess from the artwork, <laughs> from the screenshots. Uh, let's see. Uh, Deadly Dasis. Oh, they forgot to put in a space. Okay. Deadly Days is a unique strategic roguelike in the zombie apocalypse. 
manage and protect a group of survivors and help them stop the catastrophe. Deadly Days is a unique strategic disarithi. Uh, stop the catastrophe. Okay. Discover and use a large number of wild and crazy objects, even wilder and crazier survivors, special abilities, and deadly weapons. 60 crazy objects, 30 powerful special abilities, 25 types of weapons with randomly generated mod modifiers, 50 different survivors with 50 different abilities, more than 10 different types of zombies. That's it. 10 different types of zombies? Uh, it's got a built-in achievement system. It's pixelated graphics, isometric view. Could be good. Uh, well, maybe a little, a little generic, but you know what? The whole, uh, it looks like you have your own, like, I guess, like, survival, survivalist camp, encampment of sorts. Your, your apocalypse camp. And then, I guess maybe there's, like, waves of zombies that come in at certain intervals or what have you and you just gotta survive as long as possible and manage your your ever-growing seemingly ever-growing community i'm down with those management elements that can excel a you know been there done that twin stick shooter style game to the next caliber by adding that meta game element to it that's called deadly days it doesn't look bad so could be good. The last game coming out on the 27th is called Best Friend Forever. It's got a picture of a heart with a corgi on top. That's got to be good. It's a simulation role-playing indie. I didn't realize indie was a genre. Step off the bus at Rainbow Bay and start a new life with your forever friend. Adopt a dog, find true love, and experience all the wacky hijinks this colorful city has to offer. Best Friend Forever is the world's first simulation game to combine pet care and dating, just not necessarily at the same time. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. Train Pat and put Pet? Pat or Pet? I'm not sure what they intended here, but Train Pat and play, I'm, I'm saying what they have written, all right? Uh, train, pat, and play with your very own dog to form a bond that will last the ages. With your four-legged companion by your side, meet, woo, and cherish the many cuties of Rainbow Bay's thriving singles scene. So what are you waiting for? Love is just a wolf away. Oh, man. Uh, you know what? That's some pretty good you know, marketing blurb writing right there. It it definitely tells you exactly what you're getting into. It's a dating sim and an animal uh, pet sim. Oh my goodness. Your animals have so many status bars. Look at this. Uh, your, your puppy has a satiation meter, a hydration meter, a mood meter, a hygiene meter, an energy meter. What else they got? They got attributes where you can level up their manners, their social ability, their trust, their smarts, and their fitness. 
Oh, wow. <laughs> that is ridiculous. You can do a bunch of activities with your dogs. My guess is it's probably going to be, let's see, they have a schedule system here. Uh, I guess you plot out the, the activities that you want to do for the week. And then you run through each of those five activities that you're going to do in a week. And then you can also meet up with, they only show one screenshot of, oh wait, nope, never mind. They show many screenshots. You can wash your dog. You can wash your dog. Could be good. You know what? If I was ever uh, in the mood to uh, play a dating sim, of which I've played many, I was playing dating sims way back when they were not even known as dating sims. We're talking new grounds, new grounds type stuff. Way back. So, uh, Pet Sim and uh, Nintendogs combined together. Could be good. Uh, a couple more games coming out. Uh, this, these are on the 28th. One's called Nexomon Extinch, Extinction. It's a $20 game. Uh, it's an adventure role-playing. It's a one-player game. What do we have here for screenshot? Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, Gio and I talked about this game before. Uh, I remember these graphics very vividly. Uh, it's impressive. It's impressive. What do they have here for this stuff? The new story begins. Uh, let's see. Uh, Nexomon Extinction is a return to classic monster-catching games complete with a brand new story. Eccentric character. Complete with a brand new story. So wait, this is a sequel? They've made other games in this? All right. Uh, eccentric characters and over 300 unique Nexomon to trap and tame. So it's a Pokemon game that looks better than Pokemon games. Visually. Visually. You know, I like these 2D graphics more than the 3D graphics of Pokemon Sword and Shield. Well, not entirely. They're, they're both different, but I would say comparing this to the 2D Pokemon games, this is way better, and the I do like the graphics, the the, uh, the visuals that are going on with the uh, combat. It's got, it looks very much like a Pokemon game. So if you're looking for uh, a somewhat impressive looking uh, Pokemon clone kind of game, but more in the older school sort of isometric view uh, style gameplay, like this this could be up your alley. Uh, check out the reviews. If it reviews well, then you know it's going to be worth it if you're jonesing for that sort of thing. So, one last game, also on the 28th, A Hero and a Garden. Uh... I'm not sure if this is actually a real thing. There's no money posted here. It's a one-player game. Adventure role-playing simulation. The artwork is... Well, it's it's got a cohesive style. It's simple. But I have no clue what's going on. There's menus. It looks like an adventure game. So I don't know where the role-playing side of it comes into play. 
Uh, cute and simple art. Yes, simple is the keyword. Very simple stuff. Uh, get to know a strong cast of monster characters. Experience special character variant endings. Peaceful and tra tranquil music. Uh, I say don't even bother. Check it out if you want. It doesn't look like it's going to be a big game at all. Uh, maybe it's free. Maybe it's one of those like $1 or $2 games. Grow a garden to repay the damages you cause. So I guess you are the monster, but you don't look like a monster. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up this episode of Switch RPG Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And remember to send in your questions and comments. Send them in. We would love to hear from you, both the good and the bad. Especially the good. Bad's fine, too. Bad actually makes for better combos. Uh, so let's see here. You can listen to this show each and every week at switchrpg.com, or you can subscribe on your favorite podcast app. app. If you listen on an app, please give us a rating and review. We want to climb up the charts on those platforms, so your support would be amazing. It does go a long way. You know, it helps with the discoverability and all that good stuff. We, hopefully, I, I do a good enough job and we earn earn the five stars or whatever the highest rating is. Uh, if I didn't do a good job, then, you know, rate me low. I'm perfectly fine with that. It, it only means that we uh, improve uh, or dr have the drive to improve. I have the drive. Let's drive. And finally... Remember, you can head over to SwitchRPG.com for all your RPG needs for the Nintendo Switch. Until next time, I'll see you around. Goodbye.